made for Okay, gather around, gather around the radio. ginormous and this is the fat packs podcast brought to you by top shelf breaks what's up paul saw dude saw man how you doing over there man i'm having a dilemma yeah okay what's what's wrong usually i chase my monster with a coke okay all right i follow the soda guy has not come we were out of coke we were out of pepsi i believe dr pepper was even sold out so now i'm chasing it with a mountain dew that is called the hillbilly good morning it's something (laughs) Oh gosh, Mountain Dew is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> are you uh are you uh extreme? Yeah. <laughs> I wish it was like the red one though. I like the red code thing or whatever. I feel like it's just gonna make me code. The but code red? Yeah. It's <laughs> just, just gonna make you code. <laughs> just make you code I have a I have a very good friend who I've known for the better part of fifteen years. And um what's up, Lawrence? He is a diet diet Mountain Dew guy. Wow, sorry, it, Lawrence. It's I, and I don't understand it. I'm like, dude, why not just go full bore, you know? Right. But he's a, he's a diet Mountain Dew guy, and it's dis, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> but he loves it. Hey, whatever like, works. We, he'll come down. He'll come down from. Uh, uh, he's he's stationed in Virginia. He'll come. Or well, he was stationed in Virginia. Now he just lives there. He'll come down from Virginia, hang out for a week or so, and he's got this massive case of diet mountain dew in the refrigerator i'm like who? i'm like dude you got to drink all that before you leave because that's not staying here <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> it's so nasty that's awesome all right man um kind of a busy week in the uh in the hobbies happenings and stuff going on between scammers and and uh breaks <laughs> and bad stickers and all kinds of stuff but before we get into all that uh new products and pricing you said there's only one product worth mentioning yeah there's only one one big one that's out there this week okay. um impeccable football by panini man this uh, yeah. uh you know they put this out last year mm-hmm. and I, it's a great product man i love it i love the fact that you can get gold and silver cards in there like real ones right you know uh, with the bars uh they're one they run about one per case on average um, which is awesome. Now these are four ninety five a box. Mm-mm. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. I was drinking water and almost had a heart attack. You what did. did you say? I said they were four ninety five a box. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, eight cards, one pack, eight cards. All right. Five autos, and um, there's one of those gold or silver cards per case. Cases are three boxes, so one in three boxes, you got a shot at getting one of those. Um, but you know, it's it's high risk, high rewards. We talk about sure. a lot, and uh, but the cards are just so nice. Like you feel like you're getting your money's worth out of the quality of the cards, even if you don't get your money's worth out of the card, out of sure. the pack, you know what I'm saying? Sure. So it's cool. I've seen a lot of it break um, uh, the last couple of days, mm-hmm. and uh, it looks good. I watched, actually, I sat I sat in with Top Shelf Breaks last night and watched a couple of cases of this being broken. Uh, nice stuff. I get, yeah. I mean, nice stuff. Yeah. Uh, those metal cards, 
of course, by now I'm sure everybody knows this, but those metal cards they come in their own singular pack. Own singular pack, yep. So uh, th- those are always fun. Like Chris was saving them for the last yep. last night, of course. Yes, yes, indeed. Pulled, a, pulled an Eric Dickerson. Okay. And um, oh, I forget the other one. Did I you forget see that that uh, that printing plate he pulled? The Derek Carr. Well, I didn't see that one, but I saw the Russell Wilson auto one of one. I didn't see that. that he pulled last night. I didn't yeah. see that. I saw the Derek Carr out of impeccable. Okay, uh, pull. Um, good stuff. I mean, I, I like it. It's really, it's really high end. But man, if you get skunked, you, you know, ew, I'd be upset. Yeah. Well, you know, it's <laughs> of course, Chris has the the triple skunk protection program where you're going right. to get something. But right, uh, right. Just like if you went, if you went and bought a box of this on your own. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's real tough. It's tough, but um, but it's pretty. It is pretty. It is pretty. It I, is pretty. I, I do. I like last year's cards too. I was holding them up together, and they're. Uh, Good stuff, man. I like it. Well, I want to know when they're gonna uh, when Ultra Pro or BCW or somebody or Gold Label is gonna make a case, a protector to hold that damn mat, that metal card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Does it fit in the three sixty mag? Oh no, it doesn't. It doesn't fit in the three sixty mag. Massive. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I haven't tried one of those. It's in there. massive. It's a couple of years ago. Uh, Press Pass when they were still around, they put out pieces of a card they put out cards with pieces of windshield in them oh okay, okay. and those things were like as, as thick as our heads you know they right. were just massively yeah, thick that's, that's pretty thick i just don't understand how they make those things like that but i'm guess with but with you know a, a precious metal inside of it i guess right. it needs yeah, to, it have to be that way but you would think that there'd be some kind of working relationship between the companies and ultra pro and those guys yeah to say hey we're creating this card it's three quarters of an inch thick right it's going to stick around for a while. Sure. And, you know, whoever jumps on that and makes a holder for it. So, because I know that happens here with grading. Oh, of course. You know, yeah. we have to get uh, certain holders and adjust the size of our holders depending on uh, all the new cards that come out and the right. new shapes and sizes and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So, um, yeah, very cool. It's always fun to uh, see the grading guys scramble to, <laughs> to, to find something to, find to something. put a card in. Yeah. That, they, that was a popular question. I don't know if it still gets asked, but I'm sure it does to some capacity about. What's the thickest card we can get graded? I mean, because at some point you just gotta say, no, we can't do that, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. That's crazy. That's so. absolutely crazy to see, to see these card companies just putting out cards like that that are just massively thick. Anyways, um, getting off on a rant there. Uh, I wanted to mention I was in the Top Shelf Breaks room last night, and I threw. We were we're in the middle of Slamoween, okay. right? We're right, doing, right, right. We're doing our Slamoween. Uh, month-long giveaways and i wanted to give back to the top shelf breaks community so this is what i did i got a box of ufc chrome over there That's sitting at your desk at my desk nice so this is what i said i said hey anybody from top shelf breaks who comes and tweets at us will be in this this giveaway i'm nice. not going to tell you what the hashtag is you're going to have to go to top shelf breaks to figure that out there you go so uh I, I put it out there last night i'll jump in again tonight and i'll, I'll put it out there again and you can got you guys can be in. No, they in win the game. box. They win the whole box. They win the whole box. They win the whole box. Is Chris going to break the box? Or are we just send them the box. We're just going to. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to send. I'm not okay. going to break it. I'm going to send it. Whoever wins, I'll draw. But they they got to go figure out how to get entered. Uh, okay. Chris has got some good breaks going on tonight, so I'll, uh, please go check out what he's doing. And then again, I'll be in there at some point tonight, and I'll drop that little that little hashtag that you need, and uh, we'll be good. All right. All cool. Right. Done. Done. So uh, I still can't enter, right? You cannot enter. Thank on it. You I, cannot enter. I got to work on that. Do you want? Do you want a box of Topps Chrome UFC? It's not my. It, it's not in your wheelhouse. It's not all. in my wheelhouse. <laughs> it's not. No, you're you're right. You're yeah. correct. So you are correct. Uh, I mean, if you want it, we'll just go open it. And then, 
<laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just no, kidding. No, no. I'm kidding. Uh, all right. So there was one more new product that came out that uh, yesterday. Canadian only. T- uh, well, let me let me find the the correct name for it. It's the Toronto Maple Leaf Centennial. That's a huge set, right? It's, it's I mean, all, huge as far as like it's a not not maybe quantity, but just a big yeah, set. It's pretty much every Maple Leaf you would ever want in a set. You know, wow, that's awesome. So that's pretty cool. That'll be rocking in Toronto. It when will we get be rocking in Toronto when we get up there. Uh, thankfully, we will be there. You and I together. Yes. Uh, had uh, Sean Norberry came out came on came at me on a. Uh, on a DM, he's like, "Hey, you guys coming for sure?" And yada, yada, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yes, John, we're going to be there. Uh, looking forward to seeing you. Looking forward to seeing everybody up there. Uh, also, since we're talking about that, I want to might, might as well go there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know exactly where you're going with this. <laughs> I want to go ahead and mention that we are running a fat pack sale uh, for your get, go get your Beckett gear. Go to Beckett BeckettGear.com. There you go. And use the uh, the promo code Fat Packs A. That's a. a. <laughs> That's Fat Packs E H. And you'll get twenty percent off your your total order. You can use that as many times as you would like between now and November twelfth. Perfect. So you got thirty days to use it. All right. Uh, you, you can get whatever you want. Uh, you know what? Come by. This is what you and I are going to do. So typically every year we have I have cards set away to put aside to give away. Right to give away. Yeah, you've told me about that. Yeah. So, so we haven't is, gone together before. Right. So right. this is what we're going to do. Instead of that, we'll, we'll do a little bit of that. But we're going to pull five six cards out specifically for guys who come by in fat pack shirts. Perfect. Okay. Love it. All right. So if you love you it. can hear my voice in Toronto, Francis, I know you're listening, buddy. Yep. Get you a fat pack shirt. Sean, get you a fat pack shirt. Mark, get you a fat pack shirt. Um all of Toronto. Johnny Johnny Acura, get you a fat pack shirt. <laughs> guys, uh, I'm gonna have cards set away specifically for you. And if you come by in one of our new fat pack shirts from Beckett Gear, uh, we'll have we'll have prizes for you. Boom, love it. Okay, we'll do that. All right, so uh, I gotta get new pricing out there before we move on. Oh, Matt, 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 Matt was killing things. What would we do without Matt? I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure what we would do. Um, we he priced WWE Divas, WWE NXT. Tops Chrome UFC okay. and Tops Walking Dead Season 7. Boom. For all you non-sport and m- other sport guys out there, right, right. Matt is working hard for you on that. He is. And then the lovely Brian Fleischer, happy, happy birthday. birthday to you. Oh, only if I could do Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. And, oh, and man. <laughs> yeah, doesn't everybody think that? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, happy birthday, Brian. Brian got uh, Panini Contenders draft picks done up. Okay. That's your LeVar Ball autographs. That's a tough set, man, with all the variations. Yeah. A lot of variations yeah. in that set. Tough uh-huh. to put together, tough to get priced. So. Tops Gold Label. I'm going to be real honest with you. I didn't know Tops Gold Label was out. When did that happen? <laughs> happened, <laughs> happened a little bit ago, actually. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, they had the, the gold framed autographs in, their, in the boxes. They were pretty cool looking. Nice. Very nice. Yep, yep. Um, so that's all out there, and okay. uh, it's all deal. ready to go. Good deal, good deal, ready to go. And you said you've been pricing Tim Hortons. Uh, yeah, Tim Hortons and uh, artifacts. Artifacts should be done. I'm working on the redemptions. Okay, uh, those are kind of hit or miss. We, those are no those cards don't exactly get picked up in our in our program because they're not linked to anything right, to a player right. yet. Yeah. So I'm kind of I'm having to hand price those. But Tim Hortons, man, good lord. How we I checked the uh, well I didn't check I want to give uh, Lloyd credit Lloyd is our part of our team that works in the Philippines uh, he he did he scraped mm-hmm. the information for us and 
there was something like four or five thousand Tim Hortons cards sold. It's genius, though. Yeah, you enlightened me today because I, you know, I don't know the Canada scene. You know, I've only I was up there twenty years ago, and I don't know how this all works uh, current day. But to be able to, to, the only way you could get the card is mm-hmm. to buy a donut. You got to buy a donut. Like That's like a fat pack product. It is not for you, but not for, for me. me <laughs> yeah, because I can't eat the donuts, but. That's genius. That's, that's a genius thing. That is why there's so many, so many sales yeah. as opposed to, to some of the mainstream company, uh, mainstream products that are out there. That genius. That product is, um, it's interesting. It's kind of like, I don't. It's kind of like a Spectra football. Okay. Okay, or a Spectra product where you might get a base card. That's what these products are. That's what this Tim Hortons is like. You uh, you might get a base card in a set. Ah, uh, I got you. You know what I'm saying? Um, because I think it's three or four cards per pack. Okay. And you're, there's plenty of insert sets for you to get. Okay. And um, you you might get a base card. <laughs> now, question, most important thing. Okay. Are they going to be available when we get there? They'll probably be sold out. Okay. But uh, That's our, a shame. I was going to buy you a donut. You were going to buy me a donut? For free. Ah. Just, just so I get the cards. I see. You know what I'm saying? They'll probably be <laughs> sold out. Uh, our good friend Francis, Francis uh, brought us some Tim Hortons, not last time, the time before last. Right, right, right. To open. And uh, if Francis is so inclined or anybody else is so inclined to bring us some uh, some Timmy's, I'll let you open them. But Francis, yeah. don't don't forget the candy, though, bud. The candy. The can- I don't know, man. I'm trying to go. I'm going back and forth here. I can eat the candy. That was good stuff. <laughs> oh, wow. That was good. Uh, that was good. Uh, man, I'm, I'm really excited. Looking forward to uh, Toronto. Looking forward to seeing everybody up there and having a good time. Yeah, man. Me too, man. Having me a good too. time. It's going to be a blast, man. Yeah, it is going to be a blast. It'll be a crazy weekend, but it's going to be a blast. It will be. So uh, let me set up the show for you. Um, we had we had two different reschedules this week. <laughs> uh, we had we, we set up an interview with with somebody, and I'm not going to blow that. Don't blow that yet. Because I don't want to. I don't want to change that. Rescheduled, so we got to make sure. Right. Make, I don't, so that that got pushed back. Hopefully, to next week. And then uh, we had another one had to get pushed back to next week. So this morning what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit of collecting, which is what we do here. Yeah, and, I'm down. And then we're going to have our very own Scott Bedgood, all six foot seven, 140 pounds of him, is going to come in here. And he's got a new book out called Lessons from Legends. And he sat down with just a who's who of college football coaches. And he wrote a book about their conversations and, and you know things he learned from them. It's it's not available yet. He should have a pre-order up soon. soon but right, I've yeah. seen I seen a copy in his uh seen a copy in his office. I was flipping through it and it looks pretty nice. I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to like toot his own toot his horn or nothing, but uh Bob Stoops wrote the forward. So that's, uh, <laughs> you know that's uh, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty nice right there, that's right? Pretty impressive. So uh he's going to jump on with us later and I know he's going to stick around for his interview segment, but maybe we can talk him into sticking around for Beckett whatevs. And talk a little bit of whatever we want to talk about. That'd be good. And you know what we're gonna do? What we're gonna, we're do? gonna hit him up for a book to give away. Yeah, we gotta get him get him for a book. Maybe, maybe he'll sign it. Maybe Finkel Finkel did it. Yes. So if Finkel did it, I'm sure Scott will do Scott's it. Scott's gotta do it. Scott is not gonna. He's not gonna take that from Finkel. He's not gonna play second fiddle. No. Oh no. So no no. He's got a good four inches on him. Yeah. He Although sure does. Finkel's ripped. Yeah. Finkel could take Finkel's, anybody in this office. Finkel's built like a perfect V, and I hate him for it. Yeah. I, me too. He's just like, I'm like, you're just like physically a, 
everything I want to be. Right. But but I love we, donuts. Right. Well, yeah. We just rounded things out. That's all. Exactly. That's what yep. we did. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be back on the other side with a little bit of ins and outs and hobbies happenings that we need to talk about before we move on to Scott Bedgood. You guys hang tight and we'll be right back. Hey, what's up? This is Chris, Chief Break Officer here at Top Shelf Breaks, and you are listening to the Fat Pack, Eric and Paul on Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're back after that real quick break, and let's jump into some uh, Major League Baseball stuff. The uh, postseason is in full swing. (laughs) Sorry for the pun. It's in full swing, and uh, our guy Ryan Cracknell wrote an interesting piece. Uh, It's up on Beckett.com right now on the homepage. It's called Seven Players Who Could Finally Break Through through in the Hobby This Postseason, okay? Um, And I know you're a baseball guy. You follow that market more than I do. So I wanted to run these guys by you. Okay. uh, Some of them are obviously gone. Okay, right. In the postseason now. Right, right. But uh, we'll we'll get your thoughts. Um, First on his list, Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt. Poor Goldie. Poor, poor Goldie. I don't. I mean, how long can he stay in Arizona? He can't stay much longer. Yeah. You know, if he if and it depends. I mean, if he has the attitude of I just love playing baseball, I love being in Arizona. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna play here till till my career is over. But if there's any else of him that's chasing something, I think he's gotta he's gotta get out of there and get to a real team. I mean, you put him on the Yankees or something like that, or the Dodgers. I mean, it's all over, man. I was gonna I was gonna say Paul Goldschmidt. Colt Goldschmidt. Screams New York Yankee to me. He does. It just, it just, he does. It he, fits the New York Yankee mold. Right? It does absolutely. And uh, I don't know enough to know when he's a free agent or when his what his contract uh, nego- deal is. But uh, I think as soon as he is becomes a free agent or has the opportunity, I think he's out. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, wow, Cracknell says if there is an award for perennially most overlooked player in baseball. It might it might as well be called the Paul Goldschmidt Award, and I completely agree. <laughs> I do. I mean, you can totally buy his stuff on the cheap, you know. Yep. And he's he's a great baseball player. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So um, he's gone now, so we won't focus too much from him. Uh, Jose Altuve. See, he's got that one card, right? That what is it? The update card, the two thousand. Yeah, he's got the update card. The two thousand eleven update. Is that what yeah, that is? And it's got all the 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 diamond colors right. and the the cognac and all that stuff. It's the same right. thing as trout. Right. And uh, it's finally getting some. It's finally getting a little bit of of notice. Sure. Uh, on the secondary market, um, it's not nowhere near the trout, obviously. But right. Altuve, man, four straight years, I think it is now. He's had over two hundred hits, and he's led the the. The league in hitting, sure, and or, or an amount of hits. I'm sorry, that's amazing for a guy who literally walked on that team. Yeah, and I didn't even know that they had baseball walk on. <laughs> you know, I didn't know that that was a thing. <laughs> that was a thing, and he did that. I Man, he walked on that team. Would not be denied. And I think it, it's no secret that the Astros are probably a good year, year and a half ahead of where they probably so they should, should be. be. Yeah. But they're killing it right now, and he is a a cog. In a in a team chemistry that is, he's probably the lead cog, right? And he's he's there's, just the guy, yeah. Because there's yeah, and they have so much young young talent down there, man. Right. Correa and Altuve is not even that old at all, uh, right? And um, Bregman has played lights out in the in the playoffs, man. And they've got some pitching now. I, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do the second round, man. You know, <sighs> they got through those those dreaded Red Sox, so yeah, we'll see what happens. He he is a player that I love. I love watching. He's just. Hmm. I don't. It's hard to make comparisons. Like I want to say, Omar Vizquel is kind of just—he's kind of just a fluid, 
a fluid player, right? He right. just goes with goes with the flow. He doesn't make big mistakes. He doesn't um, in the, at the plate. He's and he's not Omar Vizquel. He's he's something better than Vizquel, but right. <laughs> he's just he's just a fluid player. And at the plate, he's a monster. He's just an absolute. He's kind of like an Ichiro. Yeah, you he's know? tuned in. And we were watching the game the other day uh, when we were out to lunch, and uh, Correa was up, mm-hmm. and they had an interesting stat. Who's another stud? But he has Javi. He has Javi. You know. Uh, in, insets already, yeah. But Correa was up, and they had an interesting stat that he was. Uh, he he. What was that crazy stat? He was. Oh, man, I'm trying to think of it now. He basically he didn't swing at anything that wasn't in. The oh zone. yeah, the first 25 pitches of the series, yeah. he hadn't swung and missed the ball. Yeah, that's right. He hadn't swung hadn't and missed swung the ball. Miss the ball. And during that bat, he he didn't take. He didn't take the bat off his shoulder. No, like if, if it wasn't right where he wanted it, he wasn't. He wasn't. He swing. wasn't swinging. Nope. It was Barry Bonds esque. Yeah, kind of. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jose Altuve, we both agree, can totally break open. If they win the World Series, I think it's the sky's the limit for them. Yeah, all over. All right, so um, he's got three pitchers here next. Uh, Scherzer, your guy. Yeah. Uh, Kluber, who's gone, and Sell, who's gone. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough break for those other two. Right. Um, you know, Scherzer, I, I don't understand. I mean, here's a guy who's who's just on top of his game and just from the collectability standpoint – you know, is it, even if he were to win a World Series, I'm not even sure then it would make a difference. You know, like he just doesn't have that following in the in the in, in baseball cards, and I'm not sure why that is. You know, I don't know if it's he doesn't have Detroit base that collects him. He, the Nationals guys, I mean, they all love him, but mm-hmm. as far as his values, they just don't seem to go anywhere. I, I don't I don't understand that much either. He's God, he's such a good pitcher, man. He is absolutely. I mean, uh, Yesterday, you know, there was the whole story that Strasburg wasn't going to pitch. Wasn't going to go, and, and he, then he, you know, he manned up, came came out, had twelve strikeouts, and of course he did. He you know? dominated the game. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Strasburg is a really, really good pitcher, and we've known that for years. And I feel like Scherzer is just as good, but oh, yeah. no one pays attention to it because Strasburg's there and Gio Gonzalez is there, and you know, it's, he's a, he's a piece of a puzzle. But I think he's probably the most important piece of the puzzle. I would agree with that. Yeah, I think 100%. so. hundred percent. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I might, you know, I'm a Nats fan, so I get a little dis- – Yeah. little – they do so well during the regular season. The postseason is just such a disaster. Do you think part of it – I mean, I think I think the answer is yes, but I want to hear your opinion. Do you think part of it is because he's a pitcher? And, you know, it's just – Well, and, and that's some of it, too. I mean, yeah. pitchers just don't get that, that drive, that uh, – in the, in the hobby, sure they don't. You have to be a you know a tall Aaron Judge six seven you know first baseman or whatever or stud outfielder. That's those guys that really get the uh, really get the pull. I mean here we you know we're going through the list and we're talking about uh, Goldschmidt who's kind of buried in a, in a bad market. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Altuve who's you know doesn't fit the mold of a, a superstar player. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about pitchers. So yeah, these are probably the reasons why these guys haven't quite busted right. through in the hobby yet. Right. I think Kluber Kluber blew, blew a shot last night. Um, just back to back games, he didn't perform well. Nope. And if he had chances, if he had any aspirations in the hobby to break through here, not that he would, but and, you know, collectors had any aspirations of him breaking through the hobby here, it, it was probably a lot. Well, it was lost last night when they they lost to the Yankees. Yep. And he laid an egg. Uh, he did. <laughs> this is a guy next on this list that I think I think his his entrails have already been laid uh, in the hobby, and I think. Sadly, he's gone now. But Francisco Lindor, yes, he was so hot. He was like he was the face on that team, right? The, the only one really anybody knew. Yeah, <laughs> there's part some some truth to that. So if he can if he can stay healthy, 
looking into next season, if he stays healthy, I don't see there's like why there's not any reason why his car just won't take off. No, I mean he should definitely be up there with the with the Koreas and the Seekers of the world. Um, as far as value wise, and we've seen a little bit of, of an increase in in, in Lindor cards uh, throughout this year, um, but I I don't know what it is. I don't know if it, if it's a fan thing or what. But he does definitely doesn't hold the hold the reins like the other guys do. But um, yeah, I think he follows this year up with another good year, like next year. Indians make the playoffs and are relevant for the next few years. His cards will surface. That's true. That's 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 what should happen so let's let's hope that it does mm-hmm. all right uh final guy on this list and i think he has a real chance at just breaking through whatever wall is holding ceiling is holding him down is uh dd gorgias yeah gorgias yeah i don't know his name uh well last night helped yeah last night helped a lot last night helped a lot i mean he um again he's not flashy uh, plays the wrong position on the right team now. Yeah, though. Um, yeah, man. I mean, he single-handedly won that game last night. And, he sure did. Uh, I don't know, man. There's not. There's. There's no reason why he shouldn't be. You know, uh, starting to gain some relevance, starting to gain some speed, uh, as far as that goes. As far as his values go in the hobby, um, he continues anything like this and puts up numbers like this the rest of the way. You know, takes home a. Um, you know, a series MVP or you know they win the World Series or whatever. He'll definitely. I can't see how he won't be right. noticed. You know how his right. cards won't won't just boom, you know, take off and, and do their thing. Right now, though, I mean, even I even looked this morning, his stuff still, <laughs> you know, sure, just a few dollars for some of his better rookie cards, which is unfortunate. That's crazy. But. He plays probably you know, one of the most recognizable positions for the most recognizable team in baseball, right? And you're taking over from you know. The captain, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe the hobby is still looking at him in that shadow. You know? Maybe so. Maybe, but I think if the Yankees can. By the way, congratulations! I picked the Indians to win the World Series, oh. and that didn't happen last <laughs> night. But happen. your Yankees are still alive. Your Yankees, as in, as in the, your pick, right? Um, they're still alive. So, congratulations for that. But, um, geez, if uh, if he stays if he stays hot, and I mean, all my favorite Derek Jeter moments. That I can like are come f- flooding back to my mind are all World Series moments. Mm-hmm. So um, if he stays hot and continues to rake like he's raking, and there's no reason that come you know later later this month we won't be talking about him. Yeah, finally, exactly. So exactly. That's good. you know it's just a thing though. It's it's unfair um, for some of these guys. You know, there's a lot of guys, especially I know I, I look at the football stuff a little bit more, but some of these guys, Matt Ryan and, and sure. whatnot, they're great stinking players. And I, th- I feel like Atlanta has a good fan base, and their cards just don't just don't sell that well. Just don't sell that well. I don't understand. Oh well, so. yeah. It, it, we'll we'll reap the benefits while we can, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just yep. keep t- uh, picking them up, guys. Um, also, since we're talking about the Yankees, I wanted to bring up something that uh, our good friend Matty Yerkes brought up to me a couple days ago. He said, uh, "So I have something interesting for you to look at." I'm like. All right, what do you got? So he shows me he shows me the picture a picture of a card that everybody knows and loves. It's the nineteen fifty one Bowman Mickey Mantle. Okay, that's mo- one of the most iconic cards in all of baseball, right? For for sure. So it's conven- the his name Mickey Mantle Mickey Mantle is conveniently placed over the barrel of the bat in the okay. card. Okay, can you picture okay. the card in your head? Yep, I got so it. So the black box right there, Mickey Mantle. Yep. So the original photo that they used for that card. Okay. The player's name on the bat is Joe Clark. 
Wow. Uh, I, Why? I've, I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> The only Joe. This is what he. This is from his research. Uh, the only Joe Clark to ever play for the Yankees was a minor league guy who played for one year in 1951 and then disappeared. He okay. never played again. Huh. So, the one of the most iconic cards in all of baseball. Mantle's holding a Joe Clark bat. That is wild. Yeah. Yeah. So that is uh, that is wild. That's that's the I guess the original bat. Uh, yeah. Faux pas in the in the hobby before there you Billy go. Ripken. <laughs> so. So he sends me the Joe Clark baseball reference, he, like his, his, you know, what little records he has. <laughs> right, right. Um, God, there's not much. He was five foot nine, 175 pounds, born in 1928, played one season, 1951, age 23. Uh, geez, not not the greatest. It, you know, it was a New York game. He batted uh, 263, slugging okay. percentage, 365. Okay. He he wasn't horrible, but he wasn't you know he yeah. played 111 games. He was you know pretty, pretty you know solid, but he wasn't the greatest baseball player, obviously, because you know he 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 <laughs> wasn't heard from again. So, right, right. <laughs> uh, we weren't in the middle of you know, World War II just ended, so we right. weren't going into that. Um, it's it's odd. I wonder I wonder what happened to Joe Clark and. I wonder. I want to know if there's more behind this story. So, if anybody can hear my voice and knows more about Joseph Clark and this bat and Mickey Mantle, I, I'd like to hear it. You know who would? Who's that? The dude that we just interviewed. Oh, Marty Appel. Yeah, Marty. Marty would probably know. Marty probably knows the whole story. He probably does. He was there. Yeah, he probably. <laughs> would, yeah. That's right. He was there. That's crazy. But uh, <laughs> I, I, Matt found that. And I thought it was interesting, so I wanted to mention it. I want to mention that, and I told him I'd give him a shout out. Thanks, what's up, Matt? Uh, thanks for the cards again, and uh, we'll get you back on soon. All right, cool. Um, that's some baseball hobby happenings, and now we're gonna take a quick break, jump over to our good friend, Mister Scott Bedgood, and let him uh, pimp his book. Yeah, is that fair to say? Is he gonna pimp his book? He doesn't look like much of a pimp. But, no, you know. no, he doesn't. Maybe, like, maybe he, you know, he's got this book now. Maybe he'll get a little swag. A little, little swag on. Yeah, get it. You know what? I want to give him a problem. He's, he's young. He's twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah, something he like looks that. like a baby. And he he wrote a book. That's pretty cool. That's pretty damn good. I, mean, I haven't read a book. Yeah. So he's, he's way above me. He's probably not going to read this one. <laughs> probably. <laughs> no offense to Scott. Yeah. No, I'm going to take. If a it's look on audiobook, yeah. I'll, uh, audio book, audio book. Yeah, I might take it. Okay. Cool. All right, uh, guys, hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Lindsay Jones, the art director of Beckett Media, and you're listening to Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break, and now joining us on the mics is uh, first time, first time, yeah, first timer Scott Bedgood. Hopefully not the last time. Uh, author by day, brony by night. What is up, Scott? <laughs> How are you doing, buddy? How dare you reveal my brony <laughs> secret? I'm doing uh, good. I'm glad to finally be on the fat pack. I usually just hear you guys down the hall, right? Um, <laughs> You do hear us because we're loud, but we are. Man, I'm happy to have you on. I know we, I gave you an intro earlier in the show, and I, I said you know you you have these other two people scheduled, and they had to back out. But you're not our third option. I'm your fifth option. No, you're not even our fifth option. You're, he's our tallest option. He's our tallest oh, option. Okay. Yeah. But actually, I'm glad that you were able to come down here. Man, you wrote this book, and this is this is a fresh copy, huh? This is yeah. Uh, 
Hard, hard, a lot of errors in that a one. A lot of errors in this. One. Lessons from legends. You sat down with 12 Hall of Fame coaches, and you talked about leadership, life, and their legacy. This book reads like a who's who of college football coaches. Uh, Steve Spurrier, Barry Switzer, Tom Osborne, Barry Alvarez. That up in Wisconsin, right? I mean, hey. what's up? Uh, what's up, Justin? Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> R.C. Slocum, uh, Philip Fulmer, Vince Dooley, Mike Bellotti from Oregon? Yes, Oregon, oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Fisher Dewberry, Marino Chasm? Chasm. Man, and Frank Girardi. I think, who, did I, who did I miss there? Oh, Terry Donahue. Mm-hmm. You Yeah, very nice. So um, before we get into this, I'll give that back to you with all your errors Thank in you. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> before we get into that, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your back? You don't, I'm not going to ask you your hobby story because I know you don't have one. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, Everyone just turned <laughs> off the podcast. Yeah. But, man, you've, you've worked around football. And you've been in, in publishing and, and writing for a very long time, even though you're only 20-something. And uh, we're all a little jealous of you. But tell us a little bit about your backstory. Um, yeah, so I grew up in East Texas in Tyler, mm-hmm. um, home of every great football player. Um, the one great football player? Earl Campbell, Adrian Peterson, Patrick Mahomes. You want to just keep going? Are we still? Was that good enough? Wait, wait, wait. Is Adrian Peterson really great? Are we calling Patrick Mahomes great? Yeah. They're all future Hall of Famers and or Earl Campbell is a Hall of Famer. Okay. All right. You know that's true. Well, tell me if Earl Campbell is Hall of Famer. Go Alex Smith. All right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so uh, yeah, I grew up in Tyler um, and around about middle school, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be a professional athlete, Um, which was tough for me to accept. I'm sure it was. Um, As I, I understand completely growing up in Texas, playing football and stuff like that, and understanding and realizing you're not going to be a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a tough thing, man. It's a tough, yeah. yeah. I wasn't even, I didn't even play football yet. Oh. I didn't play football until I was a sophomore in high school. Oh, that, wow. that went more poorly than my other sporting <laughs> uh, <laughs> ventures. Uh, so anyway, but I was like, but I've spent my whole life up to this point, like reading about and talking about sports. How can I, you know, make a career out of this? And, uh, started uh looking into being a sports writer and and uh my it's funny my brother he's two years older than me he had to get a job uh after his freshman year of high school you know a summer job and he worked on a construction site cleaning up trash Fun. Uh, and mm. i was like oh my gosh i don't want to have to do that <laughs> so i started thinking you know as my eighth grade years coming to an end or and um or maybe it was after freshman year but anyway i started thinking about like oh gosh i gotta figure something out so right, right. Uh, I told my dad, I was like, you know what? I'm going to email or call or whatever the local newspaper, the Tyler Morning Telegraph, and see if they can take like an intern. Uh, and that'd be, that'd be a great thing to, you know, uh, further my career. And my dad was like, well, yeah, I mean, that would make sense if that's what you want to do. And I was like, yes. yes. No construction uh, site. And they were, like, they were like, well, we don't take non college interns, but if you want to work for like a minimum wage, 20 hours a week and do stuff in the sports department you can and so that's kind of how i got started when i was when i was 15 um uh just the first the, my first day of work i addressed uh 300 envelopes to every local high school football team a, like a questionnaire about the football season mm. and that was my intro into sports writing and i was like this is awful but, uh, <laughs> i'm just kidding no it was cool to just be around it now, did you um, have to lick all the envelopes or did they actually give you a sponge or something i think i had to lick all you had to lick them all that's, that's even better that's exhausting. awesome um, no, but anyway, so that, that's how I got started in sports writing. And I, I did that every summer and actually my final summer, um, I covered Patrick Mahomes when he was a little leaguer. Uh, oh, okay. he was the best little leaguer in town and they were on the verge of winning little league state championship and they lost, I think in the championship game. Um, but he was a superstar baseball player at age 12. Wow. Um, but he chose football. He chose football. Anyway, you know, even though pops was in the MLB. Yeah. 
Maybe he didn't want to follow that legacy. <laughs> Maybe it was Latroy Hawkins. Maybe that's what it was. He didn't want to be like Godfather Latroy yeah, Hawkins. Exactly. Just, <laughs> 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 it's possible. Yeah. So anyway, I uh, I did that and I went to University of Oklahoma, Boomer Sooner. Um, we're not going to talk about last week's game. No, we're going to talk about this uh, week's game. Talk about this week's game. Okay. Uh, got a more positive <laughs> outlook, maybe, um, for that. And uh, got my degree in journalism from there. And um, during summers, did, did different sports-related jobs. Was a radio um, intern for a summer and things like that. Got to cover Cowboys training camp. And I uh, was like, all right, this is what I want to do. You know, there's no doubt about that. Um after college, had a couple different jobs, but ended up uh, where we get to the book is working with the National Football Foundation, which is based here in Irving, uh, and the College Football Hall of Fame, which is actually in Atlanta, but it's the same organization. And so okay. we were working for them and helped create a website called footballmatters.org, um, which was just about you know finding all the interesting human interest type stories in college football and writing about them. Um, and so we got to know a lot of the sports information directors at every school and athletic directors and basically just like, hey, you know, tell us, you know, there's a lot of sort of negativity about football, yet everyone loves football. Right. And, uh, you know, and there's there are negative things about it and there are bad players at every school. But, you know, there's a hundred something guys on the roster and most of them are getting their education, are you know, working hard and are, you know, several of them are really good guys in the community. And so we just did stories about those guys, um, and got to know a lot of really, really neat, uh, people through that. And so that's where the idea for this book came about was, you know, how do we compile the knowledge of all of these coaches that the NFF and the college football hall of fame are connected to? Sure. And several of them have their own books. Um, but a lot of them were written a long time ago or, um, you know, a lot of them focused sort of just on their life and weren't necessarily about like advice. And so this is a, it could be seen as a reference for current coaches um, or, you know, people who want to go into coaching, but okay. there's a lot of life advice throughout it as well. Just, you know, if you're not a coach, you know, mm-hmm. it's still really interesting. And, you know, if you're not even a fan of any of these schools, there's still interesting stuff from each, each coach in here. So Sweet. that's kind of how we got to the book. Awesome. And, uh, I, we haven't read it yet. No, no, really. I don't. I, don't I mean, it's not it. available yet. Not but you a, haven't read it. We're like we haven't well, read I it yet. We, I don't read even books, though I've seen it sitting so. on your desk, you know, like I can, I can go back there and sneak a peek at it or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And you know, you you've tweeted out a picture of the the transcript and everything, like or put it on Facebook. Uh, the 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 copy you got back the paper yeah, yeah. copy mm-hmm. so it's it's out there I see that it's there but I'm not gonna go I shouldn't be in your office so I don't I don't right. go to your office right. and, and rummage through soon your enough soon, soon enough. enough so we're we're all waiting for it to come out it's a uh, it's coming soon though when are we when are we talking um, so last night I sort of did the final approval of the nice. paperback paperback version and then like when I get off of this I'll do the final approval probably of the hardback version. Okay. okay. Um and then I'm not sure how the process goes from there. They said it could take up to 15 days, but that would really surprise me if it did. I also wouldn't be surprised if when I went back to my desk it was ready on, you know, ready sure. to pre-order. Um so I'll definitely get that out there and and let you guys know so you can share it um of course so I, I this is my first foray into, into book writing so i don't know all the processes of it and uh, i had to do the the publishing myself mm. um so that's a whole different world to be learning mm. um however it should be very very soon um and i, I will definitely share that awesome. pre-order link out there good deal um, awesome so we were talking off air before you came in do we get to give away a copy uh yeah 
Okay, oh, for sure. Are you going to maybe gonna sign, sign the copy? Oh, you want me to sign it? Have you been, I'm, I'm we're not going to sign it because we don't read books. Finkel signed his copy that we gave away. Oh, so, wow. so that decreased the value significantly. See, I told oh, you. What did I tell you? I said, man, he's not going like, to take this. a back seat to Finkel. I knew that. <laughs> so uh, I'm just saying that Finkel signed a copy of his Mean Joe Greenbrook that we okay. gave away. So. Well, I'll work on my signature. I need to call Steve Grad and see what's the, what's the <laughs> give me some signature tip advice. Don't take it seriously. If you call him for advice, do not take it seriously, whatever he tells you. What's the hardest to replicate? You know, for, uh... <laughs> All right, let's talk about the book itself, some of the stories that are inside of what, mm-hmm. uh, what, who, I mean, like I said, it's a who's who, but mm-hmm. who stood out to you that you that you sat down with? Right, and, okay, so the obvious ones are, are Steve Spurrier and Barry Switzer. Like, sure. Those are the two biggest names and those are the two biggest personalities. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, the, the Spurrier story is funny because I wasn't sure if it was going to work out, um, you know, getting the interview. And then I got an email from Florida and they were like, hey, why don't you just give us your cell phone number and coach will give you a call and you get uh, 15 minutes, which okay. normally I'd get, been getting 30 minutes. And I was like, oh, OK, you know, yeah. he'll give me a call I'll take it. Yeah. at some point. Yeah. Right. I sent them my number um, and I was not ready for the interview because okay. this was like two weeks after I'd sent an email and, you know, whatever. I get a call from a South Carolina number a minute later. And I was oh, like, wow. well, this has got to be coach. <laughs> and I answered, he goes, hey, that's Steve Spurrier down at the University of Florida in Gainesville. And I was like, yeah, I, mean, I know which Steve Spurrier <laughs> this is. <laughs> and, uh, so we just had like a freewheeling conversation. I'm like pulling up my questions and type, you know, getting my recording ready. And uh, he was great. And he would start answering questions before I even uh, finish them. I'd be like, yeah, what's your number one piece? Hey, was, oh, hey, you know, I, I always tell people, uh, you know, like, oh, gosh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that was really interesting and uh, had some great things to say because what we talked about was how unique he was. Uh-huh. And, I, I, you know, I, I'm a big college football fan, but I didn't know a lot about his um, sort of beginning and, and, and stuff because that was when I was really, really young. But he talked about he purposely did everything differently. So he's known for the visor. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know why I wore a visor? Nobody else was. Ah. He was like, you know why I wore a, a golf shirt? He's like, because everyone else was wearing suits. Right, right. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, I just he basically did things to stand out on purpose. Ah. And especially when you're in a, a field like college football where you're trying to recruit, you want to be the guy that everyone knows is the different guy. Right. And it went, came all the way down to the way he talks where we, we associate the things he says with him, like he's the you know the head ball coach. Well, he was like, well, everyone said football all the time, so I thought I'd just say ball. Ah, I was like, you purposely chose to say ball all the time. And he's like, <laughs> everyone said great, so I thought of other adjectives: fantastic, amazing, out, you know, outstanding. So I used those. Nice. Okay, uh, that's interesting. And then the best sort of piece of advice was, uh, I thought, was he said. Um, it was popular in the day uh, in the '90s, I guess, for coaches to sort of pour mouth, pour mouth their team. Like, I don't think we have a chance to win the title, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. he was like, "I don't want to do that." He said, I, "I, I think our team's good enough if we play well to win the SEC or to win the national title." He's like, "I wanted to give my players confidence and not, you know, sort of set the bar low because, you know, I thought that was good advice that you could sort of take anywhere of like not just poor mouthing right. teams." Um, sure. Switzer is just he's Switzer. Can I ask you hilarious. before you jump into yeah, Switzer? I mean, being an OU grad, mm-hmm. was it intimidating talking? I mean, I know we hear Barry all the time down down here on the radio and mm-hmm. stuff, and he seems just like a fun, willing guy, I and mean, he just wants to talk and he'll talk you up. But being an OU grad, did you go into it with like this, uh, like 
a persona of him higher than thou maybe or um so (laughs) no and that's because the way he talks on the radio or whatever is the exact same okay and he has a pretty strong so he lives um right off campus in norman he has his house everyone knows that's switzer's house and Hmm. everyone has a story uh a lot of people get bold and just go knock on the door and he'll be like, come on in, and just he'll wow. talk to you. Oh, wow. Now, that's not a guarantee because he might be busy, but like a lot of people have that story. So I knew, like, okay, this is a very friendly guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And I did a story on him last year um, that you can find on my website, scottbedgood.com. Um, <laughs> Selfless plug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I spent a whole day with him uh, doing a story where he he does the show from his cabana called Coach's Cabana. Right. Nice. And he watches OU games and there's a camera filming him and Thomas Lott and then this other guy named Mark Rogers and they are filming themselves watching the OU game. Okay. So then you could pull that up on your phone or on uh, the computer and basically get Barry Switzer's commentary of the OU game on a different screen while you're watching the game live. It's actually a fairly revolutionary concept that other t- – places have picked up he's been doing it for a couple of years oh, um i bet bob stoops loved that oh yeah well he he, he does he's not too critical okay. uh, but he will say you know i don't know about that call but he he, he would never like go after anybody mm, right, right. um it's mostly just hilarious freewheeling like he's eating food on camera <laughs> that's awesome he's, he's yeah so anyway so i did that story with him and that was a little bit intimidating just to you know do something like that but after that i was like all right this guy is just you know mm-hmm. he's hilarious uh, I knew he wouldn't remember that we did that, um, and he certainly didn't. Um, but uh, yeah, he he like if you've ever heard him on the radio, I mean, it's just nonstop stream of consciousness. That's what an interview like is like with him. So that was the intimidating factor. Was like, am I going to get what I need out of this interview? Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I think his chapter is one of the shortest, and okay. that was because <laughs> in the middle of the interview, he's answering a question in a very serious manner, and he's yeah. like, oh. oh some kid at my door. He's about to knock on the door. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, call me back. It just hangs up. And I was like, when, (laughs) when do I call you back? How long do I wait? (laughs) So I sat there for five minutes. I called him back. I was like, is it, are you ready? He goes, yeah, well he's in my house right now, but, um, I'll finish the interview. And I was like, Oh, all right. <laughs> That's so strange. Yeah. That's but awesome. um no, it, it's uh he is he is a one of a kind guy. Sure. Um really uh great guy and has time for everyone. Uh, I went by his house before uh game uh, to start the season to ask him a question about doing some stuff for the book. Mm-hmm. And uh he had told me, "Yeah, come by at 11." Okay. So I come by as I'm walking in, someone else is leaving. He doesn't have his shirt buttoned because he hasn't had time to get ready because so many people are coming by to see him and he's <laughs> making time for every single person. So we talked for about five minutes and I was like, all right, I'm going to get out of your hair. He goes, yeah, I got, I got a, a former player and his family coming by. As I'm leaving, a whole like family is walking in. He's still buttoning his shirt up because Jeez. he's making time for everybody. And and so it's it's pretty amazing. He actually just turned 80 this week. Yeah. And he's just nonstop. Wow. Uh, that's awesome. Which Probably is pretty keeps great. Probably keep him going. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah um, but stuff, some man. of the other really good piece of advice and really interesting uh, coaches I talked to, one of the things that Mike Bellotti who was the Oregon coach that, you know, we associate Oregon with all these points and the sure. success and all right, the flashy right, jerseys. Right. That kind of came about because of Bilotti in the late 90s. Um, we think of Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly followed Bilotti. Okay. Right. So Bilotti set the groundwork, turned Oregon into a, a place people wanted to go, and then Chip Kelly came in, took them to the national championship, and, and then they've, you know, kind of 
gone back and forth. They've been since relevant, then. So, yeah. Right, but they're still relevant. relevant. You yeah. still think of Oregon, and that's because of Mike Bellotti. Um, but after he retired from Oregon, uh, he became an ESPN analyst. Okay. And one of the things he said in there, because we talked about that, each coach. So one thing I didn't say about the book: each coach, we talk about their career, and then we talk about one sort of scenario or one attribute that you can learn from them. So Spurrier's is how to stand out. Um, Barry Alvarez is how to build a winning culture because Wisconsin was terrible, were terrible before he came yeah. there. And now every single year Wisconsin is, is relevant. Completely. You, you know, they're top 10. And that was they were nothing before he got there. Sure. But Bilotti, we talked about, what do you do after coaching? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the options? A lot of coaches get into being a TV analyst, but then a lot of them aren't very good at it or right. don't like it. They want to get back into coaching. What he said um, that can apply to any job, anywhere, he said, give it one full year. He said the first year, you have so many questions. You have so many things you don't know. You don't really know if you want to do it. Um, after a year, you've seen every basic scenario that you're going to go through, and you can say, all right, am I good at this? Do I like this? Do I want to keep going? And I think that's really good advice, especially for someone who's young like me. A lot of people, you know, the, the stereotype of my generation is that we jump jobs all the time. Yes, and yes. so to think about things in chunks of at least a year, I think is a really beneficial thing to any job because you go to a new situation, it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be uh, confusing. But if you, after a year, you can look back and say, okay, now I get that or this is just not the thing for me. Right. But Makes to sense. Make, think about that after six months is just not the right uh, mindset. And I thought that was probably the best piece of advice that I remember in the book, but then there's probably plenty of things that other people will sit, read and say, all right, yeah, that actually they'll hold to, yeah, better. Yeah, they'll hold to that. Um, can, can we talk about Tom Osborne? Because oh, absolutely. He is, well, in Lincoln, he's a, he's a god, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so, and, you know, he's part of the, our government now, and or was he? No, not anymore. Not anymore. But he, he was he a was, senator for a while. He was a senator. So, or a um, congressman. It was one of, he, yeah. he was in the government. He was in Washington, D.C. <laughs> yeah, so, so, um sitting down with Osborne I mean what 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 did you take away from him right he, he is it's almost shocking to me that he was a politician mm-hmm. having talked to him because he's such a almost gentle guy like he was just very very uh deliberate and very polite and um I was just when I talked to him and then I was reading more about like the political stuff I was like Man, I didn't know if, he, if this guy was cut out for it because he was just so gentlemanly is really the best way sure. to describe it. Um, and and he uh, he was so great because he was just uh, – if you look at his career, they were so good for so right. long. Right. I mean, I, when I was digging into his stats, they didn't lose less than nine games. In 26 years or something that he was a coach, every single year they won nine games. Oh, wow. And that, I mean, that's that, unbelievable. That and the years that they lost three games, it was like, man, is he going to lose his job? <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? That's crazy. And so that was the thing that, that I took from him was like, he just kept winning and he was consistent. And that goes with his personality. If you talk to him, he's very even keeled. And he had to be that way. He had to know, hey, yeah, I won nine games. And yes, maybe I lost to Oklahoma this year because in his first Five years of his career, they lost to Oklahoma every year. Sure. But they were also winning nine, ten games. Mm -hmm. But people were really mad at him because he had followed Bob Devaney, who'd won a national championship. And they were like, you got to win a national championship. But he is so, he was very even keeled. And he knew, all right, if we continue this consistency and are good every year, things will start falling our way. As opposed to changing things wholesale. Like, okay, we couldn't be Oklahoma, so let's just change everything. But he also talked about, they learned. They learned from Oklahoma. They would watch them and say, you know what? 
Oklahoma runs a different offense than everybody. At the time, they ran the wishbone, which right. not many people ran. And he was like, every week we prepare for a certain type of offense. Then when we play OU, we have to prepare for the wishbone. That might be why they're beating everyone. Sure. So he said they started adopting to certain things. They started changing the way they ran the I formation. They started doing things where people would say, we're playing Nebraska. We got to change that. Mm-hmm. They didn't wholesale change everything about Nebraska but they just made themselves different enough. And so I thought that was a really interesting piece of advice from a guy that you think of as consistent. He also wasn't so rigid that he couldn't change. Right. And then it worked out. If you look at the end of his career, they were they lost three games in the last four years of his career. Right. Won Jeez. the national championship and just walked off. You just walked rode off. off into the sunset. Dropped I mean, them like- you think about those Nebraska teams during that time period. I mean, name, name a quarterback. <laughs> name an option quarterback, right? You know, name, mm-hmm. a, name an option running back. And, they were such a powerhouse, and then that black shirt defense, and mm-hmm. just man, they were so good during, under under Tom Osborne, and they're crap now. But right, a lot. <laughs> but a lot of people will say that the '95 national championship team was the best college football team ever with Tommy right. Frazier, with Tommy Frazier, yeah, Tommy Frazier. And I watched some of his highlights, and I was like, oh my gosh! Didn't they lose to Texas in like the Big Twelve championship, like the, the first one, the first Big Twelve championship? Wasn't Tommy mm-hmm. Frazier the quarterback of the Nebraska team? Because no, I think that the Big Twelve came out. I'm gonna, I might get this wrong, but I think it started in '96. '96. I think that was a year after. Okay, I'm, I might have it wrong. I'm, I'm, I honestly might have it wrong, but I remember that why because it was in St. Louis. Okay. And, uh, I remember watching that game, just thinking Texas didn't have a shot, and mm-hmm. then Texas did end up winning. Hmm. But it was a, it was a good game. Major Applewhite was the backup quarterback for Texas at the okay. time. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what year that would have been. Okay, well, no big deal. <laughs> I know that they didn't lose a game when they won with Tommy Frazier right. in '95 uh, or whatever they were, and they won that national championship like 62 to 25. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It wasn't even close, right? Yeah. So um, I'm not sure what happened in the next year. Okay, no big deal. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about your. You've been here for. What seven eight months here at Beckett now? Is that something right? like that? Something like that. So we still got him for a few more months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. taking his advice. Yeah, he's he's going to be here a year. Exactly. So. Still thinking yeah. about it. All right. <laughs> so Jerry's out on you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't come into this job with with a ton of hobby experience, and I don't want to insult you, but like none at all. Almost. None. So, um, what are your thoughts about the hobby now that you've seen things from this side of mm-hmm. the camera? Mm-hmm. What What do you think? So yeah, just to little background on that you're right i I didn't have any experience with um sort of beckett magazines or anything i knew what it was sure but i'm just that generation right below where um beckett was like this cultural icon Mm -hmm. i'm probably five years too late for that um but i knew what it is young right (laughs) i knew what it was i'd heard it um, but most people that I talk to in my generation, they're like, eh, I don't really know Beckett. Right. They, they're not a hundred percent sure about it. Um, but I did have baseball cards. Uh-huh. Um, I just didn't know. I just, by the time I had them, I was certain that they weren't worth anything. Sure. That I was just, you know, I think I one time organized them and was like, well, oh, this, I like this player and this player and I think this player's good. So if they're ever going to be worth anything, I'm going to keep these and then I'm going to throw the rest out or whatever. Sure. Uh, I gotcha. Um, but I think, like I'm saying, so by the time I was into that, it was a, just a general knowledge of these are not going to be worth anything. So now being here, seeing all the different sides of it, getting my head around all of it, it's really, it's very interesting. I still, I think a lot of people are like this. I still don't understand fully the new stuff, all the different packages and all the different options and, mm-hmm. you know, the things that are worth more and, and what, you know, the 
hundred plus dollar boxes and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, that I can't really get my mind around. Right, right, right. But I do really like the vintage stuff. Like mm-hmm. when we went to the National, I yeah. thought that was so cool walking around. It was like a museum, like walking around yeah. seeing these it, really old it really cars. Is. The old memorabilia, all that stuff I think is really neat and I totally get that. I'm still, like I said, getting my head around the new stuff um, and the, all the different options. And when you open a box, you say, this is the, I don't, I don't want to insult anybody by, by, <laughs> by acting like I know what I'm talking about. Um, but so that stuff is interesting. And, and uh, I think uh, Brian or somebody found this really cool, like Sterling Shepard card and gave sure. it to me because I'm an OU fan. And it was, I had a jersey in it. And it was like this box. And it was really, I don't know, a sign. I don't know what to call it. Autograph. I mean, I know what an autograph is, but I mean, the the, the (laughs) card that opens. It's the booklet RPA. It's the booklet RPA. Yeah. And I was like, I've never seen anything like this. That was cool. I get that for sure. Um, So that was was the first time I've seen something like that. Um, And I I appreciate that because it's like uh, an item, you know, like it's a a significant thing. It's got some weight to it. It's got some, you know. I got a car displayability. Yeah. yeah, it's got a signature. It's got the jersey in it. I get all that. Sure. Now I have no idea how much someone would pay for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Not much. He's hurt. He's again, hurt. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Wait, the whole team's hurt. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. The whole team is hurt. They're gonna sign To and Ocho Cinco. Yeah, <laughs> and OJ. And OJ. They might need to. Actually, uh, this is Paul and I's last fat, fat Packs podcast. We've been signed as the second and third wide receivers for the uh, New uh-huh. York Giants. And, yeah, I mean, uh, if Jared Lorenzo, whatever that guy's <laughs> name, Jared is. Jared Lorenzo, yeah. the hefty lefty. Yeah, if he can play, and I'm left. Handed, so I'm oh, perfect. Hefty lefty too. Yeah, yep, <laughs> they go. might replace Eli soon too. So. Yeah. I would. I'd get him off there. Let Davis Webb play and at least see what you got in him. You That's know, I mean, true. Eli's season. I mean, no offense to Eli. I mean, it's not all his fault, but just yeah. There's rest no him point. Until, there's no point. point. Let the let the new kid play, and if nothing else, see what your future is in him, or trade him for something like a somebody that can catch the ball. Mm-hmm. I did want to talk about <laughs> something that happened at the national in you going through like quarters and nickel boxes and dime yeah. boxes that was fun to see and then you picked up some 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 nothing cards but hey i got a bob clemente yeah you were excited about these things and that that was fun to see because you know from this we've been involved with this for so long that it's kind of like oh it's, a, it's there's another there's a bob clemente right right, right, right. but Scott was genuinely excited we're about it. So. We're so <laughs> jaded. You know, seeing that, we just realize how jaded we are. Yeah. We see well, cards, we yeah. open cards all the time, and, and here's this guy just like, ah! <laughs> well, yeah, because what it was is I st- the first day I was there, everything I saw was, like, really expensive. Sure. Or, you know, for the real collectors, you're going to yeah. spend a bunch of money. And I was like, I'm never going to spend that much money on a card or an autograph picture or anything like that. Right. Um but then I was like, but I should come away. Oh, wow. That was a good squeak. Um, I should come away from the national with something. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, there's these boxes of 10 cent cards. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to go through and find like random Rangers players and Mavericks players. And I got like three Dirks mm-hmm. for 25 cents. There and I think go. I got a Nomar Mazzara and a Carlos Gomez Rangers one. There and I was go. just like, you know, I, I am spending 25 cents on this because i know that this is worth nothing yeah but i right. think it'd be fun to just have in my office well, there you go. and then i got a bob clemente because i thought it was funny that his name is bob right uh, and i love roberto clemente i mean i think you know he's really awesome and i just finished his the uh, biography of roberto clemente mm-hmm. uh and so i was like man be pretty fun to have a Bob Clemente in my office as well and so you know all told i spent like two dollars and fifty cents and came away with you know six or seven little sort of trinkets from the national. I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm more happy about these things than if I'd have spent 50 bucks on a card that is actually worth something. Mm -hmm. 
but you know, I know I'm never going to resell those. If I bought, if I spent 50 bucks on some nice thing, I would be like, man, if I, am I ever going to resell this and actually make my money back? Sure. You know, anyway, so yeah, it was, it was interesting. I probably was not, uh, the common, uh, national attendee because of that. He just called sports cards trinkets. Trinkets. I don't know if that's ever been done ten before. Cent, ten cent cards, I feel like, are trinkets. Well, trinkets. he is a brony, so... I'm okay. Oh. <laughs> I just want to explain this real quick. Eric, I don't know how this came up, but I had to explain to him what bronies were. Yeah. And now he's obsessed now he's with them, and you. he's attending a party <laughs> this weekend. Well, uh, just because I'm going to a brony party. Well, you got to try new things. Yeah. You hey, you'll try anything once. Once. And that's probably the last time I'll ever That's do my that. favorite life phrase that people use is I'll try anything once. I'm, I'm like, like, that's a terrible idea. Yeah, There's several bad. things you should not try one time. I think I said that about food. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem. Like, yeah. <laughs> you should try meth once. You should yeah. just, just once. There's several things that I can tell you right now. I don't have to try to know I shouldn't do it. <laughs> What's that, Russian roulette? Yeah, I'll try it yeah, once. once. It sounds like the new hangout movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, we're gonna take Hangover we're movie gonna get out of here. Um can you stick around for Becca Whatevs? Can you give us like fifteen more minutes and yeah. talk about whatevs? Whatevs? Man. All right, cool. Uh we'll hang tight and we'll be right back. This is Rob Varis from Burbank Sports Cards, and you're listening to Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break, and we're jumping right into Beckett What Ifs right now, right after Paul finishes snorting uh, powdered, wasn't powdered donut frosting. Isn't this crazy? What? Isn't this crazy? Anything. That right was, it would have been all right if you didn't video it. Yeah. Doing this right before a meeting. It was not all it was cracked up to be. It was not. <laughs> it was not. Hey, that's my line. It was. I'm sorry. You I stole, stole it from your line. What the hell was that? <laughs> what? That was like the creepiest video. I know we're in the Halloween season and everything. <laughs> like selfie videos. Yeah, that's so ridiculous. That was just, yeah. This is me snorting crack off a table. <laughs> it's ridiculous. To be fair, it was a 20. It was powder cocaine. He's a little more advanced than crack. Yeah, a little more advanced than crack. I, it, it's all drugs, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, going back yes. to those things that you know you shouldn't do, like, <laughs> that's <laughs> one thing you shouldn't try once. Try to take yourself video of yourself snorting. Crap. Oh, geez. That was, send it to your. Can you imagine being the other coaches? Like, when you see that, you're like, that's why that meeting was so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Blaze through that. Blaze through that, man. Zone blocking scheme. <laughs> Zone blocking scheme. I like it. Did I you like see it. the Dolphins coach? They said, you know, when did you find out? I said, I got a phone call. It said, people like, and what did you say? And he goes, I'm not going to tell you what I said. <laughs> nice. He was mad. He wasn't sharing. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, he's probably mad. Who was it? it was a? Oh, I forget the player now. But he, somebody, somebody on the team said, "We're the Miami Dolphins. We've dealt with a lot worse." <laughs> oh, gosh. That is the most Miami thing yeah, ever, though. That's exactly. Do you see that meme that was going around from uh, that uh, Pepsi was now the new? Drop their sponsorship with, uh, with, with the Dolphins because, because they prefer Coke, Coke apparently. That's so, great. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Scott, I see you looking around our office. Are you admiring our uh, our photos? Yeah, I like the Bob Lilly and the Dirk, obviously. But yeah. the, the Bob Lilly is pretty cool. That's pretty nice, huh? Mr. I, Cowboy. I got to move my uh, Eddie Belfort. It's behind yeah, Paul before I knock and it over. keeps knocking it down. So. Like that knocked time it, he knocked I, over I, a fire extinguisher? Yeah, I haven't knocked it down completely yet. Yeah, but. I'm, I'm being good. All right. So there's a few things that we want to talk about. Obviously, we got the uh, the the crack cocaine thing off the table. <laughs> yeah, we got that <laughs> off the table. <laughs> off the table. <laughs> I got it. I think it was already off the table. So, to speak. <laughs> yeah. so um, I read this this uh, piece in the New York uh, New York Post uh, last week. Jerry Rice 
is obsessed with crashing weddings, and he's doing this on a frequent basis now. He's part of a country club. His the country club. He's, he's figured out the wedding schedule there, and he's just walking into weddings and, and taking photos with the with the, with the bride and groom. And he doesn't come in to catch the bouquet. No, I, that's really good. He should do that. But he should. He, but what do you do if Jerry Rice crashes your wedding? Like, well, apparently, I mean, I think that would be cool. <laughs> is it in San Francisco? Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, up there. See, I'd says, be down with that. Um, Jerry Rice can't live w- without receptions. The 13-time Pro Bowler. Ah, uh, I see what they did there, man. The 13-time Pro Bowler, who holds records in the most in most wide receiver statistical categories, is not snatching passes on Sundays anymore. But he's crashing weddings most weekends. Unlike Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn in wedding crashes, Rice isn't sneaking into receptions to hopefully get lucky. He's crashed at least one per weekend in the Bay Area where he says he's just stopping by to congratulate couples on their big day. I think he's hungry. That's what it's it really what it is. is. Man. And he's just – he's there for the food. There was, later in the article, uh, there's, a, there's a little story about uh, the groom is like, hey, Dad, uh, Jerry Rice is kissing Mom. And, and Dad looks over. He's like, just let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, San Francisco. Exactly. That's crazy, that's, man. That's wild. I would like to see him do it not in San Francisco and see if people actually even recognize him. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, that would be it crazy. Like, like, Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. And be like, is that uh, no, that's uh, not Jerry? Him. No. No, no that's just a Jerry random Rice. guy. Some random dude. Yeah, he'd probably get arrested. Yeah. <laughs> I, saw, I saw Jerry Rice catch one of his final career touchdowns. Okay. In, in Seattle, and I was so disappointed. That what it, team was he on at the time? Seattle. Seattle. <laughs> oh, I didn't know he played for Seattle. Yeah, yeah. I thought he just he, played for the Raiders. No, no, no he Raiders in Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. The oh, you mean when he was on? Yeah, wow. he, yeah. Okay. And like he he caught one of his final career touchdowns in Seattle, and I was there, and I was like, this is so disappointing. It's just it's like when Randy Moss was on the Titans. Yeah. Yes. Is that his final stop, or did he go somewhere else? Or, Art, or Art Monk went to the Jets. Oh, Art Monk went to the Jets. I don't know. Did Randy Moss, I think Titans was his final stop. Yeah. I think so. He went there after the Patriots? I think he went somewhere else between Patriots and Titans. I don't know. He was Good thing, I mean, this is live, so we can't look it up yeah. right. and get it right. right. Um, this well, is all just... Well, it's not know. live. It's recorded. No, Let's it's totally it live. It's being sent out on the airways. We yeah. can't look it up. We'll look, look it up. This is a Randy Moss NFL career. I hope this isn't edited out. No, it's just all staying in. It's all staying in. People can see how the sausage is made. Yeah, sausage. Daddy, would you like some sausage? (laughs) Daddy, would you like some sausage? All right, here we go. See what I put up with every week? He got the reference, though. (laughs) He got the reference. I think I get it. All right, uh, San Francisco. I don't get it. San Francisco was his final stop. Um, What? Yeah, that's right. He did go to San Fran. In 2012. So uh, Vikings, Patriots. Back to Minnesota for four games. That's right. Um, we all thought he was going to retire. Mm-hmm. That's what he should have done. Uh, Tennessee for eight games, and then he ended his career 16 games in San Francisco. Full season. Yep. Wow. There you go. That's great. That's uh, uh, a straight cash, homie. That's what uh, it is. Very now he's just using that phrase for a lame commercial. For a very lame commercial. All right. The other, we know other people that use that phrase, I have a question. Too. Actually, here's my whatevs. Why is Charles Woodson wearing an ascot? Throughout that commercial, that is the greatest ascot ever. Several different ascots, yeah. actually. But <laughs> I mean, is anybody thrown off by that? I don't even know what their commercial is about because I'm like, is he wearing another ascot in a different scene? He's a he's a he's a very dapper man. Hey, I can't hate it. Okay. He's got, a little, Russell, he's got a little Russell Westbrook in him. Heisman Trophy winner, right? I mean, so yeah. I mean, 
he's pretty much the face of University of Michigan, him and Desmond Howard. So I mean, they, he, Charles Woodson can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever I'm just he wants. By the that you know what? choice. I like the Ascot. How about that? All right. I want to work tomorrow. Fat I like packs, Fridays are for fat packs and ascots. Ascots. And now I got to go buy an ascot. I don't. Well, I don't. No, where no, do you no, even no. procure an ascot? I know. Why don't you ask Scott where to get one? Oh. I was waiting on something <laughs> like that. Jeez. <laughs> it's all just a setup. It this was. is all just a setup. All right. Uh, another, been a volleyball player. another article I wanted to bring up. <laughs> it was from this is from a Bleacher Report, also uh, back last week, October fourth, written by Don Banks. This is one of the greatest pieces of work I've ever read. The Legend of Swamp Ass and Other Tales of Football's Most Pivotal Partnership. That is the relationship between the center and the quarterback. Uh, this is great. Dan Fouts didn't like his hands to be farted on. Would you? No. Let's be honest. Naturally. Yeah. <laughs> so what Dan Fouts, if, if you farted on, if you're Dan Fouts' center and you farted on his hands, he would say, you know, hut, hut, hike, but he would move his hands before the ball was hiked up, so you would hit yourself in the balls, uh, causing a fumble, obviously. Yeah. But the lesson was, is don't fart on Dan Fouts' hands. Is it because growing up he was probably called Dan Farts? Ooh, probably. There you go. That's Dan possible. Fart. It was a little windy. You know? It was. No. But he didn't play in Chicago, though. No, he did not play in Chicago. But this is, this is an article filled with great stories like that. They're hilarious. Um, the other one that's really really kind of gross is um matt hasselbeck also always used to lick his fingers because mm-hmm. he, he learned under under brett Favre, right oh of course so uh their center pregame gets the flu and has diarrhea and just goes on the goes on the field right <laughs> and trent dilfer's the backup quarterback at the time he said the look on Matt Hasselbeck's face when he realized that he had just licked dew off his hands was absolutely oh. horrifying and disgusting. Uh, long story short, the Seahawks were playing horrible during the first half. So they, they bent, Holmgren benches Hasselbeck, puts in a Dilfer, and Dilfer made the center go to the bathroom and change his pants before he went out on the field. Oh he wasn't going to play with him. Oh, but my god! This gosh. is a, a great article. It's hilarious. It's funny. There's so many funny different stories about. I don't see anything funny about that. Oh, no. It, it's hilarious. See, this is why I wasn't the superstar quarterback um, in high school. I chose. You Not know, to touch. They were like, do you want to be the superstar quarterback and, and go to college and, and make millions? And I was like, no, nah, I don't, I don't want to put my hands you know, under the center. Man. And that's the only reason. They that's straight up at just asked you, do you want to be the, the superstar quarter? They used that phrase because they were like, your arm is incredible. You are, you know, the, the uh, prototypical mm-hmm. quarterback. Um, I was 5'8", 150. Mm. Um, now you're 6'7", 140. Yeah, yeah I lost <laughs> yeah, weight. You lost weight. <laughs> um, Gained a foot. And that's why, you know, just didn't want to put my hands down there. That's, I, understand I mean, that. I play it. It's, and also it's, co- it's, not, it's different. Also you know. coach politics and uh, I hurt my knee. That's what everyone says, right? Uh, Politics, you know. My my coach hated me. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Classic. All right, Mox, let's get on with our uh, story here. Uh, (laughs) 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 See, last with the Johnny Mox reference. Um, Yeah, it's definitely an interesting feeling, that's for sure. Were you a center? Uh, No, I was a quarterback. You were a quarterback. Mm -hmm. 
Why would okay. you assume he was a center? Well, because he's as big as a center. Yeah, but this is this is a recent bigness. <laughs> no, okay, it's yeah, recent. It's you were, recent bigness. In, in high school, you were a quarterback. Yeah, in high okay. school, I was a quarterback. All right, I pitcher, see right? Pitcher as well. A pitcher as well. Also yeah. on the golf team for about eight, nine holes. <laughs> yeah, no, I I didn't understand golf. I really didn't. I I had gotten hurt, so I couldn't play football. So I wanted to do something that mm-hmm. year. So I decided to join the golf team. Never played golf before than putt putt, and um, I'm out there. You know, got some clubs. I'm out there. Boom, 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 boom. I shot a 99. Like, this is kind of cool. And then the, <laughs> the other guy walks up to me. He's like, there's nine more holes. Oh, and no. I was like, oh, <laughs> then that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. True story. And uh, I actually never qualified enough to actually play in an actual golf tournament for the school. But That's incredible. Yeah, so I didn't play the next year. I decided that probably wasn't for me. So I focused more on baseball at that point. Let's move so. on. Let's move on to basketball. <laughs> You 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 published a piece yesterday on Beckett. Uh, you sat down with a, and had a great article with a, what's it Shea Shea Serrano Shea Serrano Serrano. Man. Tell us about that. Tell us how that came about and uh, why our guys should go listen to it or read it. Yeah. So Shea Serrano, if you don't know, um, he was a writer for um, Grantland, which sure. is ESPN Bill Simmons thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, while he was a writer for Grantland, he had built up a big following on Twitter because he's I don't know how he does it, but he is constantly on Twitter like twenty four seven. He has three young boys, um, oh, wow. uh, which is crazy, and he, he talks about them all the time. And he's just a very, very relatable guy. He's really, really funny. Um, and while he's at Grantland, he came out with a book called The Rap Year Book, where mm-hmm. he ranked the best rap song from every year of rap up to that point, so 1979 to 2014. And, and he debates it, and he's got these really great drawings. Hey, I want to read that book. Actually, Bingo I has it in his office. I think I remember Sweet. that. That kind of – not. Not so much directly influenced the uh, the thing that the Scott Van Pelt show used to do, but they had a they had like a NCAA sixty four team of sixty four bracket. And it was all rappers, and they were it was a hip hop one. Yeah, they were, were ranking mm-hmm. down the but that kind of influenced that. That's awesome. Probably yeah. So that became huge and was a New okay. York Times bestseller, um, very unexpectedly. Um, and it's got these great illustrations by a guy, named, a guy named Arturo Torres, who lives here in Dallas. And Shay lives in Houston. Right. So that became really big and really increased his following as well. Um, and people were just nuts for it. And his Twitter following uh, is called the FOH Army, uh, which stands for F Out of Here Army. Okay. Um, All right. And uh, But anyway, it's uh, they're really funny and they'll just go to like a store and take a picture and be like i just bought all six rapier books and they're now sold out and he's like that's awesome and people just do that stuff all the time <laughs> so he wanted to do another book and he chose basketball which is his other passion and uh this book is called basketball and other things okay and uh it's 33 chapters they're all hypothetical questions that are just completely ridiculous like uh what if a bear played basketball or um, Jeez. one of them is about um <laughs> And I haven't gotten the book yet. I pre-ordered this thing back in August, and they didn't send it until Tuesday, which was the day the book came out. And I'm like, no, uh-huh. I pre-ordered it. I should have gotten it before, Four, right. or at least the day of, not a week later. Oh. Anyway, I'm not bitter. Um, <laughs> and it's like sold out of all the stores. Like it's a huge Jeez, deal. Uh, the cool. Amazon is like uh, back on back order because so many people bought it. But anyway, the uh, the chapter he talked to me about that was really funny was or really interesting at least. Apparently, Shaq and um, Hakeem, we're going to play a one-on-one game for like a million dollars in like 1996, 97. Oh, come on. Oh, wait, stop right there. Hakeem would have killed him. He killed him in those finals. That's what people thought. Yeah. yeah. But so, but this is also a little bit more nimble Shaq, but that's what people thought. It was right, a one-on-one right, right. game. Okay. Um, and it was going to be this big, big deal. Okay. Um, and I think Taco Bell or Pepsi, some company was sponsored. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, absolutely. And 
the day before or something, Hakeem got a back injury. Oh, Couldn't do it. Uh-huh. So he did. So Shay does this whole chapter of what would have happened yeah. and explores it in all these weird ways. And he's a very strange guy, but he's really funny. Um, so anyway, I talked to Shay um, about the book, and he was a huge Beckett fan. And he's real funny. And I emailed him, and I said, hey, my name's Scott. I work for Beckett, blah, blah, blah. And he emails back, yes, like in all caps. He's like, <laughs> Beckett, oh, my gosh, I used to spend – all my day, you know, reading that. And so we talked a lot about that. And, and I think that would be really interesting for Beckett readers because a lot of guys, like I said, that are just a little bit older than me have that feeling mm-hmm, that sure. I spent every day tallying up my money, my cards, like it was real money. And he was obsessed with David Robinson. So he's like, I thought my David Robinsons were going to make me a millionaire. That's ah. what he said to me. And we talked about that a lot. And so he has some really funny recollections. And even when I sent him a picture of uh, the cover of Beckett Basketball, which has his name on it because it's in the, the, mm-hmm. the current uh, edition of Beckett Basketball, he was like, my name's on the effing cover of Beckett Basketball. It's <laughs> unbelievable. That's awesome. And he was tweeting about it. He was just so pumped. And, uh, and that's what people like about him is he's just very like, uh, I don't know, say ebullience. Like he's just very happy about everything, and like he wants you to succeed, and uh, people want him to succeed. And so he was tweeting about it. People were, and we actually had a really interesting conversation on the Beckett Twitter because people were like, "Me too!" Like that is awesome. You're on Beckett. You know, that's, oh, that's wow. what I did as a kid. And they're like, one guy who's a writer for the the Ringer and a big, big um, well known guy, I guess, was like, "Of all your accomplishments, Shay," which means like multiple New York Times bestsellers because this one's going to be probably right. Um, you know, been on the cover of Slam magazine. That was that. You know, all these other things. This guy was like, "That's the one I'm most jealous of." Is that you're on Beckett because that's what I grew up doing. Uh, and so that was really cool for me because, like we talked about earlier, I don't have that feeling, but I understand that a lot of people do. And sure. so to talk to him about that, you know, of all the things that he's accomplished in the last few years, he was a middle school teacher until the rap year book became a New York Times bestseller, oh, and then wow. he was able to become a full time full time writer. writer. So awesome. he was teaching middle school. And uh, like several of his students are like seniors in high school and stuff now, and they're like, you know, they tweeted him sometimes. They're like, do you remember me, Mister Serrano? And he's like, yeah, man, you were, you know, hilarious. But like, he has that's individual so cool. stories about these guys. Oh man, um, and that's got to feel so cool for them because he's like, man, I remember when you did blah blah blah, and they're like, what? Yeah, you know? I bet he was a cool teacher, man. Especially at that age, like the middle school, you kind of mm-hmm. have to have that kind of quirky personality oh, yeah. to like be over the top to get their attention. So yeah. I thought he was a good teacher. Yeah, a couple of his students have shared um, individual notes he wrote to every student oh, about wow. like what they do well or what he likes about them. And cool. they were like, man, this was so important to me as a seventh or eighth grader to have Mr. Serrano tell me that I am, you know, have a really fun personality and I'm good at, you know, this or, you know, to encourage me in that. And I was like, man, it probably kind of sucks that he's not a middle school teacher anymore because there's probably <laughs> not a lot of guys that will do that kind of thing. But mm. uh, yeah. I didn't have that experience in school. Did you, no, Eric? Um, no, no. The only thing they wrote me no. were detention slips. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know what? But you know, my mom's been a teacher for thirty plus years now, mm-hmm. and I, I I've seen her take the time and care to to mm-hmm. with her students. Uh, she's a special ed, special education teacher, so it's uh, a little more poignant for her. But to know, I know that she does that, and to know that other teachers take the time out of their schedule to uh, help kids in that manner it's really great um man i now i gotta go read this yeah now, and i'm a big fan i haven't i haven't read it yet but i'm gonna mm-hmm. go sit down and read it now mm-hmm. it's pretty cool and you should definitely pick up uh finkel's rap yearbook and take a look at it because it's really interesting you know that is something i would completely lose my mind and in, in time in I, i'm a big hip-hop fan yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's something that i'm gonna have to look at but i'm gonna have to do it in pieces because i got two magazines doing next week i can't yeah i was gonna say you're gonna take, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna yeah, take it home for the now. weekend you're not yeah, gonna yeah, do it uh, yeah, yeah. 
You're gonna be able to do it at work. So uh, we're gonna wrap things up here, but before we do, I'm gonna uh, suck up to you a little bit here. You know, I want I want to say since you've been on a part of the Beckett team, it's been great having you here, and you've uh, really helped us a lot, and we really appreciate that with with getting the Beckett Gear store up, sure, um, helping us with social media and stuff like that. Uh, Areas in which Paul and I were are still learning. You've been such a great help for us, and we really appreciate the time that you've taken out of your schedule to help us with that. So thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. thanks. And, and I, I really uh, I do enjoy listening to the podcast. At first, I was like, well, you know, I'm not really into the, the hobby world, so I don't know if this is going to be interesting. Sure. Um, but it's really, you know, I love listening to it. I do sometimes skip the new products and pricing stuff. Okay. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Um, but, you know, I get to the thing. guests. Or, uh, like the you know, most I'm, hobby part of the show. show right? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> God, I don't know what this is. But, uh, you know, I was telling you guys earlier, like the KNC Masterpiece episode was mm-hmm. like, such a good intro. Like if I was, if anybody was saying, you know, what is Beckett about or what is the Backpacks about? That's the episode I'd send them because you had one guy who was like me mm-hmm. who kind of knew it. And he had a little bit more background. Right, sure. Corey. Right. Uh, but then you had Kevin who was like so into it. Right. And to have that balance of you sort of explaining certain things to Corey and then having Kevin be really excited to see, okay, people are really into this. Right. And then Corey's understanding it. I don't know. I thought that was a really good episode. And um, so to suck back up to you, that's what I'd say. <laughs> there you go. And awesome. we're just going to cut this whole part. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's definitely saying. In fact, we're just going to play this segment four times during the show. That works. That that's, works. That's it's a two-hour so, show. Of just just now, segment. we just have to get Scott to teach us how to eat lettuce at lunch. That's what we have to I do. I do not. Do. Scott so doesn't eat, but I've seen him with his hummus and yeah, uh, hummus. other vegetables. Hummus and peppers, yeah. yeah, yeah that's uh, it's because Scott's li- wife loves him, and she packs his lunch sometimes. And it's not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's, let's the second, the second, second part of the accurate. <laughs> I think she does love me. It's the packing my lunch that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the reason I know that's true, or you know that's true, is that I forget my lunch all the time. All the time. Yes. Um, so. Paul and I conveniently forget our lunches every day. Yes, just, just ask <laughs> But you know who doesn't forget your lunches? Buffalo Wild, Wild Wings. Wings. Or, or another sponsor. <laughs> yeah, they're... Uh, they're frequent. We frequent there a few, <laughs> few times. That's so awesome. We were there. We went there so many times. They gave us a twenty dollars gift card. Yeah, I don't like, know why, but they just did. They're like, hey, here, here again. Here's a twenty dollars. Here's gift card. $20 We're going to be closed card. for a week. We know you're going to need food. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> go eat somewhere else. <laughs> that was pretty much. I have a quick Buffalo Wild Wings story. And go we ahead. Can just cut this. But um, nope, we're not. No, it's we're not uh, One time, and this <laughs> is a story that makes me sound really generous. Uh, okay. A uh, person came up to me in a parking lot and was like begging for money and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me this whole story. And I was like, I don't, you know, I don't know what to do. Right. And he said that he and his family were hungry. And I looked at my wallet and I was like, well, Buffalo Wild Wings gift card. And I don't, I don't really like Buffalo Wild Wings. So I was like, hey, man. Like, oh, that's here, blasphemy. Just, just have this Buffalo Wild Wings gift card. Like, I, I don't know where a Buffalo Wild Wings is, but like it would give you a free meal. So uh, I was at my in-laws that night. And... Um, Somehow something got brought up about, you know, people asking for money. And sure. I was like, yeah, you know, that happened to me today. And I just was like, I don't even like Buffalo Wild Wings. So I'll just give you this gift card. And they looked at each other and they were like, we gave you that gift card for Christmas. Oh. And I was like, what? Oh. Um, I meant pluckers. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So the next Christmas they gave me a gift card uh, to somewhere else, but they covered it in a picture of Buffalo Wild Wings and nice. then like taped it all around the edge so it looked like a Buffalo Wild Wings. Nice. And I was like, oh, great. That's so funny. That is funny. That's the, you, you forgot the gift thing. Yeah. That's like re-gifting a gift to them that you, mm-hmm. but it went to a good cause, right? Yeah. I, hope, I, hope I hope so. Think so. I don't yeah. know if you ever found the Buffalo Wild yeah. Wings. Yeah, or you traded for a six pack, one or the other. So wow. it just depends on. Wow. Okay. It depends on how it went. <laughs> 
All right. Um, we're gonna, we got to get out of here. we got to go back to work. Uh, Scott has got to go get a, uh, a pre-sell. Final approval. A pre-sell and a final approval for his book. And as soon as that up, we'll get it out to you. We're going to have a copy to give away at some point. Um, Signed or unsigned. To be determined, To I be guess. determined. I'm telling you, he's not going to let Finkel go, go. He's not let Finkel be in the, in the maybe, situation. So. Maybe he'll do a personalized. Like, we'll find out who wins and he'll yeah. do to Joe Smith. To Marlon, thank you for ordering <laughs> <laughs> everything. <laughs> I, I do want to give a shout out to Marlon this morning. He tweeted out a picture of his young son, uh, Ari, with a, a fat packs coffee mug sitting in front of him. I don't know why th- the baby's drinking coffee this early in the morning, but it's still cool to see a fat packs uh, coffee mug out there. It's better than the Dolphins O-line coach. That's, de- that's um, definitely. But yeah. but yeah, go to fat packs or sorry, beckettgear.com mm-hmm. and order your fat packs gear. Yeah. And use the code fat packs. A fat packs. A. a that's just an E H at the end of fat packs all month long, all month long and uh, come geared up to the uh, sport card in Toronto expo. I'm sorry, sport card and member uh, at the Toronto expo. And uh, like I said, we have a couple, couple of cards to give away for people who show up in our new fat pack shirts. I'm not going to say which ones they are, but they're going to be uh, worth your time. So. Yeah, for sure. They're not going to be the trinkets I bought. They're not. No, no, no we're going to leave Scott's trinkets at home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, guys, thanks for hanging out this week. And until next week, just keep listening. Cue the Drake. Thank you.